Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's edition of JM Rewind. JM Rewind gives us an opportunity to check out some of the recent guests that I've spoken to on JM in the AM. In a historic visit, Rabbi Dr. Ari Berman, the fifth president of Yeshiva University, visited the JM in the AM Nachum Siegel Network headquarters on YU's Day of Giving. This was my conversation with Rabbi Dr. Ari Berman, president of Yeshiva University, on a recent edition of JM in the AM here at the Nachum Siegel Network. J.M. in the A.M. on a Wednesday morning. Well, as I said, once Rabbi Berman arrives, we've got to give him a minute or two to catch his breath after a traffic-filled Wednesday morning. But it gives me an opportunity to remind everybody out there that today is a very important day for Yeshiva University and those who care about Yeshiva University. Today is a Giving Day. Giving Day actually begins uh, officially three and a half hours from now. You can... If you wish, and we suggest that uh, you could uh, participate in what's called early giving. We'll give you the website in just a moment. Uh, on the 25th today and 26th of uh, April, join the Yeshiva University community celebrating our second annual giving day to support the YU of tomorrow by raising $3 million from 3,000 donors in 24 hours. Donations during this 24-hour period will be doubled. All gifts will help fund the university's undergraduate, graduate, and uh, high school communities, as well as fund scholarships, student life activities, and many other critical programs. Our students, faculty, staff, and alumni comprise a powerful community rooted in Jewish values and committed to building a better world. They are YU's heroes, but they can't be super without you. And many of you may have noticed the uh, YU superhero campaign that's been going on. One that, in my opinion, certainly uh, clearly um, describes the students, faculty, and staff of Yeshiva University. The campaign officially starts less than three and a half hours from now. As I said, you can go to givingday.yu.edu. Again, that's givingday.yu.edu. And you can uh, give generously starting now. Imagine that. They're allowing for an early start to your giving on this very important giving day. And now it's with great pleasure that we welcome to our JM and the AM Nahum Siegel Network Studios the fifth president in the history of Yeshiva University, Rabbi Dr. Ari Berman. Rabbi Berman, a pleasure to welcome you to JM and the AM. Why, thank you, Nahum. It is more than a pleasure to be here with you. We know each other a long time. <laughs> yes. I don't know if either of us ever thought we'd be <laughs> in this type of dialogue, in this I, type of conversation. But... I, for one, did not. That is for sure. But back, it's a pleasure to welcome you here. Back in the days of Morisha, when you were a role model and leader for me and for all of our campers, I never thought that we'd be in this conversation today. Oh, I appreciate that very much. <laughs> you mentioned in your investiture how you... Uh, you don't need to read a history book to understand Yeshiva University. In your case, it's really true because you've been in a Yeshiva University institution, not just Camp Marasha, but a Yeshiva University institution since your young teenage years. I assume then that it is not lost on you that you're about a mile away from where all of this began, the Lower East Side of Manhattan, where Yeshiva University has what we would call its ultimate roots. Yes, we um, we are deeply rooted in this community. Uh, starting from the Lower East Side, but really all throughout uh, not just Manhattan. Uh, our tri-state area, of course, the country, and our alumni all throughout uh, all throughout the world. Yeshiva University is the epicenter of a global movement, and uh, I am just thrilled to be in this position. But let me just first say, before even talking about Yeshiva University, 
how absolutely thrilled I am to be on Jam in the AM. <laughs> you know, I uh, I made Aliyah and uh, lived in Israel for 10 years before assuming this position. And Jam in the AM, when we speak about global connections, is listened to not just in this area, but via the Internet all throughout the world, especially in Neve Daniel. Wow. And I just want to have a shout-out to my good friend Donnie Goldstein, mm. member of the rabbi of Kingsway Jewish Center, who religiously listens to this show. Wow, phenomenal. You have, you have fans all throughout the world. I often. better pay more attention to my <laughs> Neve Daniel listenership <laughs> exactly. now. Exactly. That, that, <laughs> that is a huge, huge group for you. Um, well, I mean, you became president uh, uh, officially almost a year ago, right? The investiture was back in September. And I can only imagine what the first year is. We, talk, we always talk about first 100 days of a president, first 100 days of anybody who's in any type of position, any significant position. And now, obviously, we're coming close to the first year. Has this been a pleasant experience so far? Uh, it's been um, extraordinary. You know, a lot, of, uh, a lot of questions people ask me since I've come back. You know, I've been uh, in and around Yeshiva University for, uh, for decades. Yeah. Uh, but since I've returned, uh, you know, what have been the surprises? What have been what's different in yeshiva? And um, it's been uh, it's been eye opening, eye opening in terms of the vitality and the vibrancy of our student life, uh, the kinds of things that our students are doing, the, the, the quality of our students, the excitement on our campus. Um, it's uh, it's exhilarating. It's really exhilarating. It's obvious that you get it, and boy, am I glad you started with this because I, too, am an eyewitness to how great the YU campus is from the 1980s. You're referring, of course, to the 80s and 90s, I would assume, from your personal experience. And th- there is, and it was great. And believe me, there is no one more indebted to Yeshiva University than myself, and I love the fact that people identify myself, identify me with Yeshiva. But there is something now in 2018 that has been developing over the last decade or two that just has brought everything to such a high level. The activities the students are involved with, the extracurricular activities that they undertake and projects that they do both in the U.S. and around the world, is, is, it's extraordinary. It's extraordinary. And it really speaks to our values. It speaks to who we are. I mean, we're, when we raise, we educate our students, we're not just giving them the best Torah education in the world. We're not just giving them the great academics, which will set them up intellectually and professionally. We're not just giving them the alumni network that's going to ensure lifelong success. It's going to ensure that they have a group that cares for them for the rest of their life. But we're giving them a mission. Yeah. We're giving them meaning. We're giving them. Uh, uh, we're inspiring them with purpose. We stand for something. And some of my colleagues might get upset that I'm going to say this, but I think the alumni connection is much stronger today than it was. It's always been great to an extent, but for some reason, this this newer generation, I think, is taking even greater pride in their connection to YU. Yeah, and things happen both officially and unofficially. I was just on the phone with somebody yesterday, and he was telling me how the night before, one of our alumni took out 20 students from the from the Sysim School of Business to network with them and to meet them so he could help them get jobs afterwards. Unofficially, nobody knows about this. And then he personally is taking out another 20 that night. And tonight there's a Wall Street event. We have an incredible Wall Street group for our finance connections. So both officially and unofficially, our alumni are very involved in ensuring that our students will experience enormous professional success in the future. And that's something that is uh, 
That's just an incredible asset for people in their lives. President of Yeshiva University, or by Dr. Ari Berman, is here in the studio with us at JM in the AM. Today is Giving Day. Um, do you do you anticipate that it'll be a successful Giving Day? <laughs> we uh, we definitely anticipate. <laughs> we anticipate that, but some are we, hoping and praying, we and we're anticipating. <laughs> we can't rely on anticipation. We need to rely on everyone here who's listening on their support. I want to say that success in Giving Day is really a dual uh, a dual piece for us. Uh, number one, of course, is the is the quantity, right. <laughs> is the amount of uh, of dollars that come in that will help us fund our scholarships and ensure that students uh, th- students all over um, are going to be eligible and come to Yeshiva University and be able to succeed in our singular experience at Yeshiva University. That's the first thing, but also the amount of people that give. Um, you know, one of the exciting things when I've come back, when I've seen and I've traveled now in our, my listening tour in my first year throughout this country and really beyond this country, is the enormous excitement there is about the future of Yeshiva University. People are rooting for our success. I am glad to hear that. They I am under- very glad They to understand hear that. how important it is, and they're rooting for our success. And this is a great opportunity. It's a great opportunity to show wherever, whatever level that one can give, mm-hmm. You know, it, it's a great opportunity for us to 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 be inspired uh, by all of our supporters and by our friends, and that uh, to to see the numbers and where they're from and the, the 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 sense the diversity of our of our friends and supporters. It's crucial now. Now's a great time to not just root for the success, but to translate that rooting into some action where the world will see and where we'll all be able to benefit and be strengthened because of it. In just over three hours, Giving Day will kick off officially. Go to givingday.yu.edu, givingday.yu.edu. Um, I, I've saved your investiture speech because, first of all, I thought it was brilliant, frankly. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you I, I think you mentioned um, – you mentioned a couple of things that really spoke to those of us who bleed YU blood, so to speak. <laughs> and that is, you said that uh, Yeshiva University, uh, we know you said instinctively what Yeshiva University is and what it's meant to be, yet interestingly, it's not always so easy to articulate. And I know what you mean by that, because we do feel, and I think it's young and old, alumni and students of today, a feel that we're on a certain mission, a certain you know, d- differential compared to other college students and other um Academic students, you know, in graduate schools, etc. It's just a different atmosphere for us, and yeah. and frankly, more of a responsibility for us. Yeah. Um, those who are considering Giving Day, I would add one thing to what you said. It is the only institution I know of that all it does is concentrate on leadership. All you want for every student that walks through the doors of Yeshiva University is to become a Jewish leader, male female, no matter where in this country they're from, no matter where in the world they're from. And I can say, even though it's sometimes hard to articulate, that the proof is in the pudding. If you look at the leadership on this globe in the Jewish world, the roots are going to be at YU. So I think that's one of the things that's sometimes hard for people to understand. But we, again, as eyewitnesses to all this through the decades, can tell people that you know the future of the Jewish world is not just creating people that are going to be out there being, you know, nice Jews, we're creating people who are going to be leading others. And that's why it's such a crucial point, because that's why giving to Yeshiva University, supporting Yeshiva University, is a force multiplier. I mean, you are... You ripple are, effect. It's a ripple effect. Yeah. 
that changes the nature and trajectory of the Jewish people. You know, just a couple of weeks ago, I was at the Birthright Dinner. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Birthright's doing amazing things. Great success. Great success. And, uh, you know, somebody came over to me and said, you know, why are you at the Birthright Dinner? You know, the YU students, <laughs> they're not really eligible <laughs> right. to be participants on the, on the bus of Birthright. <laughs> right. And I explained to them, it's true, we're not the participants on the bus. We're the counselors on the bus. And the feedback we get from Birthright, we're the best counselors. Because our students who are deeply rooted in their Jewish identity are models and can talk in the culture and the language of today and relate to the students and relate to the, this generation. I mean, they're models of people who can spread the, the messages, of the positive message of Judaism into our contemporary society. Our students are given the abilities and inspired to be the leaders of their community, of right. our internal community, right. of the Jewish people at large, and of the broader society. No question. And that's, uh, that's something that is... Uh, and I would argue when you get into the fields of medicine and law and other specialties that the YU is known for, you could say the same thing about absolutely. them. Absolutely. And that's in the broader society at large. Yeah. Absolutely. And, that, and that's leadership, meaning being a role model. You know, going out into that into that world, first of all, in transforming the world mm-hmm. for the better. Uh, that's what our purpose is. Listen, we live in the most glorious time in Jewish history, certainly in close to 2,000 years. It's a great week to note that. And, and that is certainly the turning point. Mm-hmm. Okay, you know, we believe and we daven for Reshitz Michat Gulatena. You know, you talk about our core values as, as our differential. Okay, we are proud and ardent Zionists. We believe that the state of Israel is a gift from God. And it signals that we live in an era like no other. And Hashem has given us opportunities like no other. And we need to raise our kids to appreciate those opportunities and to capitalize on them. And that, of course, includes our connections to Israel. Mm -hmm. That certainly includes our connections and we we're working very hard, and we can talk a little bit about that, how we're strengthening those ties. Right? That's our natural, uh, our natural wheelhouse in Yeshiva University is to strengthen our ties to Israel. But it's not just about supporting Israel. Right? It's about pushing history forward. Right. And that can happen in Israel and other parts of the world. Hence, uh, some, of the, some of your most successful summer student programs take place in Israel, yeah. in, in some areas that are really underprivileged, but they yeah. do an amazing job and have such a contribution. It's also the reason why why uh, my son, who spends his time on Yeshiva College's campus, is going to be spending Shavuos, I believe it's Margo, Ontario, some, some, or Margo, Quebec, somewhere I'd never heard of until he called me to let me know, and that's where he and his chevra have been chosen by the YU leadership to go and, and show their strength for that's, the Shavuos and holiday. that's a great example, okay, of everything that Yeshiva University is about, mm-hmm. and it's a great example of understanding the opportunities of this moment. That is also part of Reshitz Michat Gulatena. That's also part of our task, to push history forward, right. and specifically in this era. You know, when it comes to Israel, though, I would say it's not just about the great programs they're doing over the summer, which is incredible. Right. Okay, what we're working on now is, we're see, is we see Israel as an opportunity. You know, in the past, you know, maybe Jews have seen Israel as a responsibility. You know, of course we need to support the state of Israel. But the state of Israel today is not just an achri, it's not just a responsibility. It's a golden opportunity. What it offers our students, both, of course, in religious life and religious experience, but even today in professional experiences, 
So what we've been doing since I started is creating partnerships with Israeli universities. We have signed, I could announce today, I'll announce on the Nachum Siegel Show, we've yeah. signed three memorandums of understanding with bar University, Hebrew University, and the Technion, in which we've created bridge programs so that our students who major in computer science, biology, chemistry, in, this, in these fields can have a pathway straight to their graduate programs, which will be done in English, and uh, will be able to learn the skill sets of the future, the areas where Israel shines. Our students are going to have free rides straight to there. Our alumni who's heard of these programs are so excited in Israel, they have agreed to give internships and mentorships and find our kids uh, jobs there in, uh, uh, in, the startup, uh, in the startup nation. Some of our alumni who heard about this are excited. They say, you know, we're going to throw in a prize. We're going to add a prize in for, to help uh, subsidize some of our students who are do, uh, going to join this bridge program. So there's a lot of things that are happening. Uh, and this is just an example where our Israel connections are going to be leveraged so that our students are going to have the skill sets of tomorrow and be set. We're in a different world today. And these relationships with these universities in Israel did not exist before? Um, many of them didn't, and some just on, uh, on a basic on a basic. Right, level. this is a more formalized, yeah. you know, with a path to what I would assume would be a real yeah. symbiotic uh, program. Where Absolutely, you know, where, Absolutely. Which, well, go ahead, I'm sorry. I'm saying, when I, before I came, after I was nominated, I mean, I lived in one of the... You know, I lived in Israel for 10 years, right. and I was a student at Action Hebrew University. And I met with the presidents of the universities in, uh, in Israel. And, and not just the presidents, the government too. Meaning the head of the Malag, who's the, which is the educational arm of the state of Israel, uh, the Sara Chinuch with Naftali Bennett. And everyone is interested. Everyone is interested in creating partnerships with Yeshiva University. Well, they know it's going to bring more American Jewish students to eventually live in Israel. Absolutely. Which is amazing. And for two respects, first of all, to live in Israel. Right. But secondly, they want Israel to be seen as an opportunity. Right. Meaning wherever our students go after they learn the skill sets of tomorrow in Israel, in the startup nation, they will be, they'll be benefiting from Israel. Israel is a bracha. Israel is a blessing. It's a blessing to the Jewish people and it's a blessing to the world. And if we view Israel as a blessing, not just as a responsibility, okay, it's a transformative switch in how we think about mm-hmm. it. And that our students and that are no next longer supporting said, our downtrodden brothers, exactly. but following the lead of these incredible trailblazers in Israel. Exactly. And that's, that's what we're like. So these partnerships, I should really say, is a triangle. Right. It's the government of Israel, it's the University of Israel, and it's Yeshiva University. Amazing. And I'm glad to hear YU's at the forefront of it. Givingday.yu.edu is the website, givingday.yu.edu, which leads now. Uh, to an interesting question, which I guess would uh, only be reserved for this um, uh, for this first visit that you have here to the studio. It, 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 was this one of the reasons, in your opinion, that Rabbi Dr. Ari Berman was asked to be president of Yeshiva University? Because not only of your familiarity with YU's history, which we discussed, and your great success in the New York area before you left, but the 10 years in Israel, is that one of the reasons that they that they that that pushed your nomination ahead of all the others? Well, I can't speak about uh, the process, <laughs> the process, or what's in their mindset. But there certainly is no question that throughout this process, I mentioned uh, strongly the importance of. Uh, it's not just the state of Israel; it's really bringing Yeshiva University into the world of tomorrow. Meaning, we can't just be thinking about the past. Right. We need to be thinking about you know where's the world going, 
And there's no question that means in terms of the disciplines. You know, we've always been great at finance and, and, and doctors and, you know, lawyers and accountants. And we're still going to be great we at that. We have our strengths. So. Right? We're still going to be great at that. We're, we've been great at that and we're going to continue being great at that. And we're thrilled about that. You know, in today's generation, we also need to think about computer science and engineering and entrepreneurship. I mean, there are other areas that we need to uh, lean in on. That's number one. And number two, you know, Israel and our connections with Israel, the Jewish world has shifted. You know, and we need to follow those trends and follow those shifts in order to best prepare our students for uh, for the future. So it's all part of a much broader, broader effort. You know, our goal, our mission, you talk about what makes us unique, is we bring our 3,000-year-old tradition into the world of tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And no one does it like we do. No question about it. And if, you're, and if you're interested in doing it in a Jewish environment and with Jewish leadership guiding you, frankly, the Ivy League campus is not for you. Right. You know, it's, it's, it's as simple as that. You, if you're on a campus like that, and call to everybody who goes, I'm not telling anybody that I need to make their decision about where to go to college. But you're going to go and you're going to take your courses. You're going to get your degree and, and very likely, you know, accomplish what you want to accomplish in that field of study. But you're not going to do it in this type of environment. You're not going to do it with the guidance and leadership that you're going to get on the YU campus. Yeah. I mean, there's no question that today, and I think people are seeing this more and more, that, you know, the environment in the YU campus is the most conducive for their children's growth, uh, for the places they want their children to inhabit. Um, religiously, morally, ethically, and to set them up for a future of great uh, professional and personal success. Right. Um, this is uh, uh, this is what we're doing, and what we're doing, uh, you know, we're just going to keep on growing uh, to match uh, the needs and opportunities of tomorrow. Unlike my day, it seems that today there's so many choices. There's so much competition. How do you view your colleagues that are attracting our students from Yeshiva Day and high schools to go to their campuses all around this country? So I don't think so much about uh, the competition as much as I think about what we're doing for ourselves. What we need to be doing is creating the most attractive Yeshiva University product, right? We need to uh, uh, we need to think about ourselves and what we're doing and our differential, you know, and focus on that uh, as opposed to uh, you know what's going on in the other places. I would say though, if I can just broaden the point, sure. We're in the epicenter of a global movement. We're not just an institution. And we care about the neshamot of all of the children in our community. Whether they attend Yeshiva University or they, or they attend other places. And some of the things that we're thinking about is how we can be supportive and helpful uh, to the students wherever, they, wherever they're going. Students who are choosing other university alternatives are still in our world. Meaning we set the conceptual framework that allows the scaffolding that holds up the lives of everyone in our community. Mm-hmm. You know, and whether that's supporting, which we do, JLIC, and you know, all of the JLIC professionals, they're Yeshiva University graduates. The Israel programs the Israel that you guys are at the forefront of. of the- Meaning everything we're, we're, everything we're about, I wouldn't say all of them are right. Yeshiva University graduates, but Yeshiva University is at the forefront. You know, and, and that's important. That's important to us. We're thinking... We think, you know, we have a double identity, you know, both as an institution of higher education that is creating internally, that is creating the Jewish leadership for the future. It's a force multiplier for our future, as well as the epicenter of our global movement. And that's sending out the messages of how we're bringing our 3,000-year-old tradition into the world of tomorrow. So we're thinking a lot, you know, about us and about how we can uh, uh, be supportive and helpful 
uh, in the broader uh, in the broader sense as well. Rabbi Dr. Ari Berman here at JM in the AM as we discuss Yeshiva University. He is the fifth president of Yeshiva University. Uh, the website is givingday.yu.edu. Givingday.yu.edu. We very much would love to see a very successful giving day for Yeshiva University. It starts officially in three hours, but believe me, they'll take your contribution right now. Givingday.yu.edu. Okay, no secret that uh, the world is concerned about the financial situation of Yeshiva University. I don't know if this was a major factor that you know kept you up at night thinking, should I take this job or should I not take this job? I think some people probably probably said to you, hey, hey, don't you know what the situation is there? Are you crazy to go and undertake this position? But there are other considerations outside of the economics. But no doubt, as people contribute on a day like today, we'd love to know that Yeshiva University is financially solvent. How would you describe the situation? Yeah, I mean, Yeshiva University has done a great job in, uh, in creating the situation and the, the stability in order for it to grow. But we're thinking right now, um, we're past thinking about just solvency. We're thinking about growth and expansion right now. I Many our plans uh, for the future are trajectory of growth, um, whether it's our new programs, uh, mm-hmm. uh, both in Israel and actually uh, internationally and globally, or other ways that we're increasing our programming and our support and bringing in the right people uh, uh, to do so. So we're uh, we're in a very different mindset uh, than the mindset. And the support the is there for it. Yes. Yeah, so we're. I, I'm. What I've been finding this year is that people are rooting for our success. Agreed. Is that uh, and and hopefully uh, as we anticipate this day should show uh, should show that as well that um, um, you know people are excited and they're interested and they want to invest in growth and that's where we're at a, we're at a period of growth right now uh, it's true in our in our numbers and our enrollment numbers. Uh, it's Acceptance true. Yeshiva College and Stern College is is up for next year. Yeah, it's um, well, the, they're still uh, they're still coming right. in for next year. But right. as the trends are coming for us, our enrollment has been uh, has been increasing. You know, not just in our graduate programs that also is a, is a very important part for us, but in our core in our undergraduate programs, which is what makes Yeshiva University arguably so, the most important part of the institution. Right? Yeah. So that is, uh, uh, thank God, that's, uh, that's on the rise. So uh, we've been experiencing gr- uh, great growth, and we're excited, uh, we're excited about the future. But it's, there's no doubt that it's days like today that people now can contribute to the future of our community and our people is a very clear and simple way yeah. you know, to be a part of something great and invest in growth. Yeah, if you like this product, folks, if you like the way I turned out, and this audience knows me for a long time at this point, as you know, I credit Yeshiva University, so feel free to give in honor of the uh, the radio uh, announcers that they've produced over the years. Um, <laughs> we're three hours away from giving day. There are a million things I want to discuss with you. I hope you'll return at some future I date. was so excited when you said this is the first time. Yeah, I, from uh, Siegel. This is like one of the highlights of my uh, tenure so far. I appreciate that, but you've got to come back. Uh, I hope you do because my list is is I've barely started my list of questions. Uh, givingday.yu.edu again, it's givingday.yu.edu. I cannot uh, emphasize enough how much I would love, and obviously the people here in the studio would love to see this day uh, be a successful day. Support the heroes—that's what they are—the heroes of Yeshiva University. In order for them to continue and do all the things Roy Berman discussed this morning. Uh, they've got to be um, uh, supported, and I hope that everybody out there will take this 24-hour period where everything gets doubled in this campaign 
which has gotten a tremendous amount of publicity, uh, continues through tomorrow. I hope everybody will take the opportunity to give and give as generously as possible. Givingday.yu.edu. And if you're somebody that really wants to fund one of these programs or a chair or something, they can call your office directly. Uh, you know, uh, you want to fund a chair, <laughs> we, will take, we will take the call. <laughs> exactly. We will take the call. Uh, finally, um, my father of blessed memory would probably say the following. Uh, when people questioned, again, you know, what were you thinking taking the job as president of Yeshiva University, my father probably would have said, Anybody who survived being a pulpit rabbi yeah. <laughs> can, can certainly excel at this position. So for you, even though some people look at it as a massive challenge, for you, you've, you've had some great challenges in the past. And as we know, you have succeeded at them. So. Well, what I would say is it's interesting. And when you think about the experiences you mentioned, uh, you know, I feel very much like a son of this community. Um, you know, Morisha, uh, MTA, the year in Israel, I went to Yeshiva Haaretzion, YU. I was a rabbi in the Upper West Side of Manhattan. Right. Um, the a, ima- a synagogue that Rabbi Lamb served a as rabbi. rabbi Lamb served. Imagine that. But the amount of people that I know from our community, like one of the most touching touching moments for me, I was uh, when I was traveling back and forth from Israel regularly in the right. in the pre stage, um, when a woman uh, of our community who doesn't know me well. You know, said to me, you know, Ari, when I heard the news, I was just so proud of you. I was so proud. And it was really touching because it was, it was maternal. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's the, it's the familial, you know, it's like we're one family. 100%. In our community. And for me to take my experiences of coming through and then including my experiences in Israel, which is all part of our community today. Right. How many of our children and nephews and nieces and brothers and sisters, you know, are, are living in Israel, aren't spending serious time in Israel? It's all part of one community now. So to be able to, to take all those experiences and help think about the future, not just of this crucial, crucial institution of Yeshiva University, but the future of our community, to think about that together Okay, it's a it's an enormous opportunity. It it could be, as you, your father would say, similar to the pulpit. <laughs> it comes with a set of challenges, but the enormous opportunity and potential, okay, that we have, uh, is uh, is something that is uh, it's hard to quantify. And that's what that's what brought me here, and that's what excites me. It excites me about yeshiva. It excites me about our community. You know, there's a moment of opportunity for us that we haven't had. In 2,000 years, and we need to capitalize on that. Agreed. We will be rooting for you. I appreciate that. So if I could just say if we could rally together to support this unique institution, because when it comes to Yeshiva University, when it comes to the future of our people, we can't be super without you. 100%. That's why we're asking everyone to give generously and make it a successful day. Givingday.yu.edu. My thanks to the president of Yeshiva University, Rabbi Dr. Ari Berman. That was my conversation with Rabbi Dr. Ari Berman, the fifth president of Yeshiva University. Up next, my conversation with Mayor Kay. Mayor Kay is out with an amazing video about um, cell phones, parenting cell phones, balancing time, and children's reaction to how parents deal with cell phones. It's a really incredible video. Uh, I suggest you watch it, and we had an opportunity to discuss it in a recent edition of JM and the AM. Here's Mayor Kay on JM Rewind at the Nahum Siegel Network. Well, you know about the legend Mayor Kay. And um, he, of course, uh, for us, 
not only a great friend of the Nahum Siegel Network, but somebody who was uh, the instrumental part of Kosher Halftime Show 2018. We're thinking if there's a way actually to incorporate him into Kosher Halftime Show 2019, but that might be, uh, you know, might be a little premature. Anyway, Mayor Kay, I asked him to join us live via telephone this morning. He has a brand new video out there that is a relatively simple and well-known concept, or at least addresses a well, relatively simple and well-known concept. But it has, I, I believe it has the potential to have such a major impact out there that we wanted to speak with him um, on the JM and the AM and uh, just get his take on his most recent release. Mayor K, welcome back to JM and the AM. Hey, Nachum, what's up? Hope you're having a great day today. Everything is wonderful, thank God. I hope during Israel 70, you were thinking back to some of the great moments we had earlier this year in Israel. Oh my gosh, I, I could count more than 70 moments that we had that were great <laughs> in Israel together. Thank God. <laughs> it was it was amazing. And yes, I do look forward to many more collaborations. It's always a good time with you guys. Bezrat Hashem. It's funny, I, I don't remember where it was at this point, but at some time in the last few days, there were people that we were sitting with who were uh, asking us details about that incredible uh, night at Sharitzetic Hospital, the paint fight night. And those of you who are not familiar with this, do yourselves a favor. Go to the Kosher Halftime Show 2018, search it online, you'll find it, and you'll enjoy it. All right, Mayor Kay, um, you know, it's funny. I introduced you by saying it's a relatively simple and well-known concept, the theme that you're using in your brand-new video. I think you'd agree with that, right? There's a pretty well-known uh, problem out there or situation out there. Uh, but the video you created, again, relatively simple script, I think has the potential to have major impact out there. Let's first discuss the problem. Who made you aware of the fact that there are parents out there who spend more time on their phones than speaking to their children? <laughs> well, um, as you know, I'm a, I'm a single man. I don't have kids of my own. Um, but that being said, it is a well-known concept. And it's a, I mean, it's not just only a concept. It's a reality. Right. And I'm just aware of it, A, just by walking down the street and interacting with you know friends and family who do have children, and also being that I am interested in the topic, I did a little research as well to see what else is going on um, outside in the world. And you know what? It is something that lands on us and moves us, and we know that technology is a powerful tool, but at the same time, something that can really affect our relationships. But how often do we actually take action on that until until it really comes home. And so through the video, we really see like what is going on between the parents. Like, oh yeah, at the beginning the father says, uh, maybe you'll explain what the video is, but in the beginning he says like, oh, it's a great assignment which you gave to your, your students. Right. But only at the end when he finds out that it was, well, spoiler alert. All right, don't, um, let's not spoil it. <laughs> but we, you want to know something though? It's, I'll, I'll tell you, it's funny. <laughs> this is, and, and not to, I hope you don't take this as an insult, I hope. But to, <laughs> but to most people, I think, we knew exactly where it was going at that point. We knew, yeah. you know, who who that kid's going to end up being uh, in the yeah. story. You called the video your child versus your smartphone. You know, when we when we use that type of expression, we think of you know competition, sports games, you know, battles between one and the other. Would you say it's a it is in fact a head to head battle between one's kid and one's smartphone at this point? I'll tell you this: I've gotten quite a few messages, and one from the video. And yesterday, I read one from a father, 
And he told me, uh, you know, starting off by saying, Mayor, I, I love your videos and all that. And then he said, I recently saw the video with uh, your, your child versus your smartphone. And he said, I wanted to thank you from the bottom of my heart. And I'll be forever grateful because right now, on behalf of my, my wife and my children, because now they finally got their husband back and their father back. Wow. Uh, so, I mean, um, so, I mean, an answer like that is, I think, it shows that. Well, um, I'll tell you one thing. It's made me more aware, and I instituted the following policy. You're ready for this? I am, tr- I am trying very hard, as of last night, I am trying very hard when I'm in the company of my kids to not, you know, pick up my cell phone, but, but. There is one exception. If they're on their phones, if they're sitting well, in, the, in the living room on their phones, then I believe I have a dispensation. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you do it, then I can do it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that works every time. <laughs> well, you, and you know what? You know me. I mean, I am a man who's involved in social media, and, you know, that involves the phone a lot. But I don't have myself. I mean, I don't have children of my own, but just the way I interact with people, with my, you know, friends and family and so i've set myself boundaries and you know when there's time to uh, be present and when i'm in the company of others um and if it's that setting then i'll yeah take the effort it has to be a conscious decision but i take it i put it away and even if we think about how addicted we are to the phone when we walk down the street and we're not even using our phone but yet we hold it in our hands for what purpose you know, and we're so attached to it that it goes beyond just normalcy. So it really takes a step, we have to take a step back and say, wait a second, you know, yeah. are we being, are we controlling the, the phone or are, we, or are we being controlled by it? Yeah, I mean, not to, not to defend that behavior. I get it. So not to defend it. But the reality is that, you know, for the first time in history, there is a device that, you know, literally your entire life is in it. Your entire life is in a device. I mean, you know. If somebody, you know, I was thinking about this the other day. Uh, there are people that, you know, unfortunately suffer terrible tragedies, uh, fires, floods, etc. They lose everything they had. So the recommendation was made: take every document you have, you know, especially every important document, passports, driver's license, etc. Take pictures of them, and you'll have them in the cloud. If something goes wrong, unfortunately, and everything's lost, at least it'll be much easier to deal with the authorities because you'll you'll have copies of you know every. And I'm saying to myself, you know, it, literally, it's like it's like carrying around your filing cabinet of your life. So I'm not def- right. I'm not defending it. All I'm saying is that there is a value to it. You know, I don't I don't like when people you know automatically minimize it or you know dismiss it because it's electronics or because it's you know it's modern or technology. Now, unlike TV, radio, etc., which one could do without, frankly, and many. Many families have proven that. I don't know to what extent we can, uh, you know, do without the smartphone at this point. So. Oh no, and I mean, I'm definitely not one of the extremes. But if I may just interject, and like the language that we use towards it is very important, saying that you know that our phone is our life. Right. If you really dislike that for a second, I know it's just words until a sentence, but it really lays on us and, and lands on us in a certain way. Our family is our life. Right. Our health is our life. Right. Our phones, really? I mean, yes, work is important, and it's, we have to get to it at, at an hour and, and be involved. But it's not our life, you know what right. I mean? Like, it's setting back those priorities, you know, throwing in that old video I did with the jars. But it's really setting the foundation, like, what is our life? Why are we hustling and making all this, you know, why are we taking all this action? It's because we want to live a good life. We want May- to support our family. Mayor K. So it's like, I'm sorry. Yeah. No, I'm sorry. Yeah, so it's just like you know, reevaluating, reorganizing what it is that's truly important to us, and right. setting a time aside for that. And Re- when we're in that, just be there, and then otherwise, 100 percent, use all the gifts, the God gifts that He gave us, and and create and and do what we got to do. Reprioritizing—that's what you'd like people to do. Reprioritize. Simple. Reprioritize. As that. Yes. Yeah.
Exactly. Yeah, um, and use the, and use the powerful words that we use: life and and family, and, right. and 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 use that towards the things that really matter. All right. Point well taken. I am going to try to adjust. Point well taken. See that a young guy like you could teach an old guy like me something new. How do you like that? Um, nah, nah. <laughs> now, one thing I will say: without your phone at your side, it's hard to see that your the number of shares on this video has gone to over eight hundred. You know, you would need your phone in order to check that out. You know, <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> I didn't say you know. I've seen moderation. I've seen moderation. I know. I know. Like right after this like interview, people should go check out the video and share. They don't like it. One hundred percent. I know. But then after that, I'm kidding yeah. around. I'm just saying that it's a that, that that every time you pick up your phone, it's amazing how you see your numbers climb like crazy each and every time, which is wonderful. Uh, you're already up to almost a thousand shares, plus the views are in the tens of thousands. So obviously, this is making an impact out there and as you said just based on that one comment you told us but i'm sure there are many others people are appreciating the video and and you i don't know if every one of your videos is like this but there's a simplicity to this one i mean this is not a complicated storyline you know what i mean yeah no and and usually those are the ones that that really connect and land well with uh with viewers it's you know there's no hoo-ha there's not a lot of magic tricks not a lot of uh special effects it's just straight to the point and something that just connects to the human condition. Well, unbelievable. Uh, Mayor K, you can check him out on Facebook, uh, obviously all the other social media platforms as well. Uh, M-E-I-R-K-A-Y. This video is called Your Child Versus Your Smartphone. Uh, we highly recommend it, and uh, it really has an amazingly strong message and uh, a very simple one and one that hopefully will help people uh, – change a bit and uh, i'm just hoping my kids are not tuned in that's all i could say uh, <laughs> and, that's and i remember actually uh, this is the last thing if you actually watch the video you see the actor steve the father he's um he literally was crying like he was he he was just listening to what um his wife in the video was saying right. and he literally just was tearing up like we right. didn't it was just his emotion towards what was going on to, towards yeah. the story so it really is moving it's really powerful and i think if even just a few people walk away you know move touch and inspired and like decide to just take a bit more time with their children and take away put away their cell phone i mean it's already a massive accomplishment right family and health are number one right mayor k amen That's family it. and health and uh and and just behind that uh grill on lee uh in williamsburg right that would be the order <laughs> well that goes to you know it's a good place to bring family and it's great for your health <laughs> At least it keeps family together. I don't know about the health issue, but <laughs> <laughs> that's right. All right, listen, you're amazing. You know what we think of you. Thanks for this amazing message. Everyone, check out the video. Your child versus your smartphone. He is the one and only Mayor K. And Mayor K, you know what we say at the end of every conversation? <laughs> Have a great day. There he is. Have a great day, Mayor K, with us here on a JM in the AM Thursday morning. Really amazing. And those of you, I will selfishly say again. After you've watched the Your Child versus Your Smartphone video, check out the amazing production that Mayor Kay led for us called Kosher Halftime Show 2018. There are families and kids that are watching it over and over and over because it's fun, it's cool, and it's exciting. Check it out. You'll see exactly what we mean. That was my conversation with Mayor Kay on parenting and cell phones here at the Nahum Siegel Network. Up next, Yoni Bentheim-Jacobson on the topic of the Barnard student body voting to divest from Israel. Uh, she is a uh, Barnard alum, as uh, are her uh, mother and grandmother, and she has uh, daughters 
who are uh, both graduates, and one of them currently a student at Barnard. Yoni Bentheim Jacobson on uh, the situation at Barnard College on a recent edition of JM and the AM here on JM Rewind at the Nahum Siegel Network. Well, many of you are aware that uh, recently, uh, on the eve of Israel's Independence Day, students at Barnard College passed a referendum written by students from Jewish Voice for Peace and Students for Justice in Palestine calling upon the university administration to divest from eight companies that do business in Israel. Uh, And you can imagine, well, no need to imagine, many of you I'm sure saw it, uh, what the reaction was in our community in general and certainly uh, in the quote-unquote pro-Israel community. With us live via telephone is Yonina Bentheim-Jacobson. She lives with her husband and seven children in the Philadelphia area. She is a Barnard College graduate, has a degree from there, as well as the degrees from multiple other educational institutions. Aside from that, she is uh, the mother of a Barnard grad, plus uh, the mother of another daughter who is uh, presently at Barnard. She's worked as an attorney in antitrust and compliance law and in general corporate matters. She is... uh, She's been vice president of the Kohelet Yeshiva. She's co-founder of the Oetzet Initiative. And presently, she's a Wexner Heritage Fellow, a fellowship which fosters leadership in the broader Jewish community. Yonina Bentheim-Jacobson, welcome to JM in the AM. Thank you. Uh, What was your reaction when you heard about the vote? Uh, First of all, I just want to mention that not only am I the mother of two Barnard students, but I'm the daughter of one Ah. and the granddaughter of one as well. So. Four generations. Four generations, yeah. Very cool. Uh, my reaction when I heard about the vote, I was, I was in shock. I was scared. I was disappointed. Um, yeah, kind of all the – run the gamut. The, I mean, the president of Barnard has essentially stated that they're going to, at the minimum, evaluate, but likely not take any action based on this referendum. No, she actually, after that, said she was not going to be taking any action. Right, no action on the referendum. But nonetheless, just the fact that the vote happened and that it went the way that it did uh, certainly has caused a stir, and uh, you know, for good reason. Um, the interview I saw where you were responding to questions about the Barnard campus in the 90s you seem to indicate that it was a. It, it it seems to you that in your day it was a much different atmosphere when it came to Israel and the pro-Israel community. Yeah, I would say that it, it didn't really it didn't really come up. I think, like all of us have seen, that um, things have escalated across the board over the past, I'd say, fifteen years, and uh, the whole issue of the two-state solution, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, during the during the nineties, that was that was when we had the the Camp David Accords. There were things were things were going in a direction that we're feeling like we were going to be kind of at a at a place at, at a more peaceful place. Right. And in general, I, there, there just wasn't there wasn't a forcefulness on either side. I would say it was just a time of of relative calm. But I believe your your. Uh... Alma Mater, Barnard, is known for its uh, for its active voices when it comes to causes, when it comes to you know injustice, etc. In those days, was it an active campus when it came to certain causes? It was definitely an active campus. I would say that the Israel-Palestinian cause might have been a 
might have been there kind of under the surface, but it certainly didn't have the power or the voice that it has today. I mean, Edward Said, and my mother mentions in the article as well, Edward Said was, was there in right. Colombia, right. um, still at my time, and he had a following, but it wasn't, it wasn't vociferous like this. It wasn't, it, you know, BDS, there wasn't even anything to kind of grab onto that, um, that, that would kind of, you know, elicit this kind of a reaction. Right. I, I, Understood. Yonina Bentheim-Jacobson is with us, part of four generations of Barnard graduates and students. So now what? Uh, is there an organized effort among alums? Is there a, uh, uh, a letter-writing campaign? Have people contacted the president? Are most people, uh, in your opinion, ignoring this? What's the reaction to all of this? Actually, um, in, immediately there was an online uh, campaign that, um, a, a, not a letter writing campaign, but a, um, a what's that word I'm thinking of? You know, when you sign on, when you sign on to a, <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. I, out here. I, I, can't, I, I can't think of it, but I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah. survey. Uh, not a survey, no. <laughs> I'm sounding like an idiot now. Anyway, there was a letter, and, every, and, and, and it was asked that alum, alum sign on to it. It was an online thing, and it was kind of like, you know, Petition. how you having that Petition. online um, gift gift giving time right, right now, where you can see everybody pop up, and it's kind of exciting. So at some level, you just kept on seeing alums that you knew from all the way back signing on to this letter to the to the president and to the board of Barnard, and it got uh, thousands and thousands and thousands of signatures. Um, and I think that was something that also kind of spurred her to give her to have a reaction immediately and to shut down the BDS thing. So I would say, um, from the perspective of of the alums, it's been a widespread, you know, no matter where you, pretty much no matter where you sit on the Israel-Palestine, you know, divide, BDS is a red line. Yeah, no question. And I think everybody that. felt that way. An online petition might be the term you were That's looking for. That's the word. Thank right. you. <laughs> Yonina Bentheim Jacobson with us. All right, so it leaves us really with two questions. Uh, number one, as you mentioned, uh, you know, grandmother, uh, mother, grandchildren, I mean, you, you, all this lineage that you have in your family with Barnard College. You're, you're now the, uh, the mother of a current student and the mother of a grad. Uh, I mean, what goes through your mind as, you know, your children are on the campus? Do you look at this as an exception, look at it as a situation that has to be quelled and taken care of? Or is there an atmosphere that parents really need to be aware of? So um, I can't speak for what's going on there because I haven't. I mean, for how you how one feels, I can say from the perspective of of a Jew in America, I feel in general that there is an atmosphere that we all need to be aware of. Uh, I think, honestly, that the time is ticking and we all need to make our way to Israel because uh, no matter where you go, no matter in the most quote unquote friendly areas or not, I, I do feel like there is there is a a serious shift. Um, you know, and I and I and it's and I'm fearful on that perspective. In Barnard, you know, in this generation right now, I think the kids, everyone's going to be okay. The question is really where the the kids who are now part of this the you know part of this kind of you know grassroots effort when they become the professors when they become the heads of the institution. I think it's a completely different story. Yeah. So Israel has a problem in terms of a PR and, and, and needs to do something. Um, and I think we as American Jews have a problem as well. And uh, is, is there a, uh, a significant percentage of Barnard graduates who do in fact move to Israel at this point, you know? Oh, absolutely. No and my daughter, my daughter, Tali, is there, and uh, there's a whole group of people that meet all the time. Um, 
my uh, my next daughter Ayala hopefully will be moving there as well. I, I definitely think that's that's a strong there's a strong tie there. And finally, I'm so curious, and I know you, it's hard to speak on behalf of other people, but no doubt you've spoken to them about this. Uh, what about uh, the 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 older people in your family? You mentioned uh, you know there are four generations now in Barnard. Uh, and we've gotten your perspective about all this. How have the uh, older people, uh, the older Barnard graduates, reacted to all of this? So my mother was in that forward article as well, um, and she, uh, like I, are, is 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 incredibly troubled that this is what's happening in an institution that we we have we are so grateful to and so thankful for. Um, and she was, you know, very heartened by the quick reaction that the president and the board of trustees had. Um, but, you know. Well, <laughs> I think it's emblematic. I think it's emblematic of, you know, what's happening on college campuses around the country. And here, and here now, this – and Barnard has a reputation and, and actually has a nickname as, of being a Jewish college, even though it's obviously not a under right. Jewish auspices, but it's got a tremendous, uh, you know, Jewish I mean, pop- there's a huge, huge, huge contingent right. there. And, and if this is happening – It's a comfortable place to be. Right. And if it's happening there, then imagine what kids are going through around college campuses around the United States especially those that are active on the issue of, of the Middle East peace, etc. Right. A uh, lot to think about, that's for sure. Greatly appreciate your time. Thanks for okay. joining us this morning. Thanks a lot. Yonina Bentheim-Jacobson, as you heard, um, mother of a Barnard grad, mother of a Barnard student. She's a Barnard grad. Her mother and grandmother, Barnard graduates. And um, uh, she was one of the uh, uh, people interviewed in the forward article about uh, the response to the student BDS referendum, um, the divestment referendum that took place recently at Barnard College. You know, yesterday, everybody, uh, when Rabbi Dr. Ari Berman was here, we had an opportunity to speak both during and after the show about the state of college campuses around the United States, um, not telling anybody where or where not to send their children. Uh, what I am saying is we we as parents and grandparents really have to become more aware, even as we hear about all the BDS movements going on around college campuses around the United States. Sometimes you don't, we don't realize just how strong they are or how much of an impact they have on our kids. We really have to become more and more aware of what's going on on the college campuses that our children uh, are uh, frequenting. That was my conversation with Yoni Bentheim-Jacobson regarding Barnard College and the issue of divesting from Israel. That is our uh, edition of JM Rewind. Thanks so much for tuning in. Make sure to tune in again next week to check out some of the highlights that we are featuring on JM Rewind from JM in the AM. And I thank you for listening to the Nachum Siegel Network. Avinu, 
Shalom, Shalom, Shalom. 